What's up, nerds? Good evening. Hope you're all having a great evening and that you're ready to leave here with some strong brains at the end of the evening. All right. So, welcome to Nerd Night COS. Uh, so, Nerd Night has a tagline, and that tagline is, be there and be square. That's what I end all of our posts on the social medias with. Now, in the late 90s and early 2000s, because Nerd Night's over like 25 years old, something like that. Nerd Night is actually the second biggest speaking thing behind TED. But I like to say, you know, TED is very formal. Nerd Night is informal, so we get to eat, drink, be merry, and learn at the same time. But like in the 90s and 2000s, they had an alternate tagline, and it was, it's like the Discovery Channel with beer. How many of you watch or have cable anymore to have the Discovery Channel? Yeah, so that, that one doesn't work anymore. So now, people describe it like boozy TED Talks. So here we are, drinking and learning. So my name is Flip Awesome Aguilera. My wonderful partner is sitting right here in the front who is checking you in. And we are the Nerd Night COS bosses. So Nerd Night is over 100 cities worldwide. So if you are out there traveling in the world, Look up Nerd Night and go connect with nerds from uh, other communities and other places. There's actually one in Denver, so if any of you want to go visit the Denver one, go visit them. They're kind of spunky. I like them. <laughs> so, how many of you are here for the first time today? All right. We've got a lot of first-timers. I know what all you first-timers are thinking. You guys are thinking, if I had to present in front of a room of smart, drunk people... What would I present about, right? How many? How many? Not all at once. <laughs> he already presented. <laughs> so if you would like to present, you can tap me or Maritza on the shoulder, or you can email us at nerdnightcos at gmail.com, and we will connect with you and work with you to get in the pipeline to become a Nerd Night presenter. Uh, we are on the social, so follow, like, review, and share us. If you think we're doing a good job, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can also check out our website, which we never do anything on, but it's, it's there. We also have another community building event that we do that's actually this coming Monday, and that one is called Memoirs, True Stories, Unfiltered. So that one is more of a storytelling event where three people from our community come out and tell a real-life story that connects to the theme of the month. This month's theme is, that was scary, but I did it anyways. So we will have three community members tell stories about that. And then in between each story, we have different local musicians that we feature every month that have to get up on stage and then match the energy of the story with music. It's, it's actually a very powerful, uh, in-depth event. So check us out on Monday. And we also have a new event coming up. So how many of you used to like to go on field trips when you were in school? Yes. So we have what's what's called a Nerd Night Field Trip. So I want, by show of hands, tell me if you would pay $30 for the following. We're going to go to the mining museum right there where we're going to have the whole museum is going to be closed down except for us. And they're going to give us a curated experience where we get to touch all the things, do all the things. And then after that, we're going to have another local live band play for us while we have catered food all included in the price of your ticket. And then after that, we're going to turn on the popcorn maker and watch a movie together. What do you think of that? Does that sound like a fun thing to do? So we have one of our sponsors here. So I want to welcome Mr. Brandon James Kirk up to the stage of Planet Duct. And he is one of the sponsors helping us put this together. So I want to give him just a little moment so he can tell you what he's all about. And he has an amazing tagline. Wait for it. Hey everybody, I'm Brandon James Kirk. I'm the owner of Planet Duct Air Duct Cleaning here in Colorado Springs. We clean residential and commercial air ducts. We also clean out thousands of dryer vents. Like, yeah, well, those are, yeah, yeah, those need to be cleaned up there. They're very, very filthy. But we clean out your dryer vents. Number one cause of home fires in the country is a clogged dryer vent. So that's what we do and uh, do thousands of them every year. We'd love to help you with that. And, uh, Thank you all for coming, and just call Planet Duct, where we are stronger than the vacuum of space. 
So I love the Colorado Springs Fire Department who will be presenting tonight. But if you want them to come to your house for a positive reason except for a negative one, get your ducks cleaned. <laughs> so let's put our hands together for Kawadi and this amazing space that they let us use. Thank you, Kawadi. We appreciate you. And keep clapping for you, Colorado Springs. Without you, none of this would be possible. If we didn't have nerds in this town, there wouldn't be anything to do. So tonight, our lineup, I think we have a great lineup tonight. We have presentation number one is vote because it is that time of year. So we're going to find out what the importance of voting is by Nick Raven. Presentation number two, we have create the price we pay by Dr. April Lynch. So we're going to find out that there are some good people out there trying to do good things in healthcare. They're not all trying to rip us off all the time. And then we have presentation number three, which is Ready, Set, Go. Wildfire is coming by Angela Bird and Sonny Smaldino. And uh, they are from the Colorado Springs Fire Department. So, again, action-packed lineup tonight. So let's get ready to nerd out. And with that, let's call up Mr. Nick Raven of the CS Indy up to the stage. Put your hands together and let's learn about voting. Actually, let me show you. We brought our ballots because we got them yesterday. <laughs> so we want to be responsible people. So tell us why we should be responsible, Nick. Oh, fantastic. Hello. How's everyone doing tonight? Thank God that worked. I want to talk to you guys. Yeah, thank you. I want to talk to you guys about voting. Now, voting seems pretty, I don't know, like mundane, kind of boring. Uh, something we should be doing sometimes. We don't. Uh, and I'm going to do that through the power of audiovisual storytelling. Uh, just to introduce myself. Uh, I'm a reporter at the Collar Springs Independent and Collar Springs Business Journal. Really quick, uh, this is me producing the nerd issue of the Collar Springs Indie. Had a great team effort on that. I'm also a uh, podcast producer of our weekly Indie 15. Co producer with Dave Gardner sitting over here, not expecting me to call him out. Uh, also, uh, Hot Takes and Streaming Breaks, that's our pop culture podcast. So if you guys are into pop culture, we just talked about Rogue One. I don't know if you nerds have heard of Star Wars, uh, something like that. You can visit those right there. So let's talk about voting. Now, it's a pretty big deal, especially locally. Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of a big deal. Where'd the, there we go. I was going to say, it's a really big deal. It's so big, I broke formatting. Now, this next slide is really important, okay? It's got a lot of technical diagrams. It's got a lot of jargon, a lot of lingo. Um, it might be a lot to understand, but we're going to walk through it together. So um, voting, in particular, is... Um, how did my cat get up here? <laughs> Hang on. I put this together, like, really late Sunday night. Oh, that's terrifying. Woo! Oh my God, my cat's still here. Oh my God! Anyway, voting. Now long before, okay. Voting is a necessity for me, it is essential. And long before I was politically active, I was politically interested. I was in eighth grade, I would come home from school, and I would turn on MSNBC. Now, growing up in a conservative Christian household, it was a pretty big deal because that was the height of the Monica Lewinsky scandal. And I learned so much about blue dresses and cigars that I did not understand in the slightest. Didn't matter at all. Now, that political interest, of course, had me subscribe to the idea that I should run for president as soon as I turned 35. So that's 2024. I think i still got a few more years. I think I can do it. I don't even have a watch. What the heck's going on? So, despite my political interest, I didn't vote in 2000 because I, you know, being a Republican at the time, uh, I knew that Bush would win. Also, I was 16, so I couldn't vote anyway. 2004, I didn't vote then either. I knew Bush would win. Go figure. 2008, I knew Obama would win. Why bother voting if you already know what the, the, the election outcome is going to be? I did not start voting until 2012, as I'm kicking over signs. And uh, I voted for Gary Johnson, the Libertarian candidate. Uh, that's pretty great. Now, some of you who are astute may notice 
that this is very fair weather voting algorithm right here. And it's not just that I didn't vote those years. I didn't vote these years either. And there are a number of words that you can use to describe this kind of voting, especially when you're young. You can call it apathetic. You can call it lazy. Uh, you can call it many, many things. But one thing that really made sense to me more recently is this is privilege. I didn't have to vote because the things that were on the ballot didn't matter to me. As a white, cishet dude, I, America has always privileged me. That's the American tradition. I have never had issues with voting. Women couldn't even vote until 102 years ago. It's absurd. And so I didn't have to think, I didn't have to see, I didn't have to hear the issues of people who will have ballot issues that affect them, that have issues in society that affect them because they didn't affect me. It wasn't relevant. It didn't matter. And so I wonder, by show of hands, who here feels inconvenienced by the current political climate? You all should be voting. That is what that mechanism is for. And when you get into things like fair weather voting, we're going to kind of look at a, a brief of a uh, ballot here. This, we're obviously in the midterms. This is the last uh, presidential ballot, right? When you're fair weather balloting, you may be like, oh, I'm going to vote for the Democrat or the Republican, right? No big deal. I'm not even using the laser pointer. I should have a laser pointer. So you get the two, and then you kind of ignore everything else here, right? Like you get, you know, your unity, your libertarian, stuff like that. This is your national chocolatiers. Right here is the uh, please bring back Firefly. We really, really miss it. And they don't have a platform per se, but they do have 14 episodes and a movie. But as you move further away from the top, top level of this ballot, you start getting into the weeds. You start going into senator. Like, maybe I've heard of a couple of these people. Maybe I've heard of these representatives. And as you go further and further along, you start seeing these people like, I don't know who these people are. I don't even know what that is. What is that? Why am I getting a ballot for this? It doesn't make any sense to me. And unfortunately, when you're voting, this stuff is the stuff that matters the most to when you're voting. Because these are the people who are in your neighborhood. These are the people who are running your city. These are the things that matter the most. City Council, College Spring City Council, recently passed a resolution. It was largely symbolic, except, you know, we have a whole ballot thing coming out. They said we shouldn't have the ability to sell recreational weed here in city limits. Who agrees with that? Not many people, I guess. Anyway, whether you agree with it or not, that's what this ballot is for. It's to address these issues. Pikes Peak Regional Transportation is coming up for ex extension this year on this ballot for 10 years. PPRTA is how we pay for things like roads and infrastructure and multimodal options. If you like to do anything other than drive cars, if you like bicycles and want to walk places, that's what PPRTA is for. That's on this ballot. Next April, we have four city council positions up for election, and we're getting our first new mayor in over a decade. And all of that, <laughs> but none of that's going to matter if you don't vote. This is the point where you can set aside your privilege and look outside and see the issues that are affecting not just you, but everyone in the community. And that is why we need to vote. And I thank you guys. If you have any comments, questions, I know we're going to do a Q&A, but uh, this is my email. Feel free to reach out. If, um, I read every single thing that comes in. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Flip. <clears throat> yes. Who's got? Flip asks, "How do I get the what? How do I get the insights?" What insights do I get being in, this pro in my profession, being a reporter? And the answer is I get to talk to a lot of people. You'd be surprised how easy it is when you don't talk to anyone, when you don't go outside, when you don't connect with a lot of people, you aren't very neighborly. It's very easy to have this like, real tunnel vision of what the world is. 
And so when I have to reach out to a dozen people every single week, a dozen new people every single week, and hear their perspectives and understand where they're coming from, and guess what? They're not all going to be the same. They're not going to be like mine. That is, the, that is what this job allows me to do more than anything else. Like, I mean, you can work at Best Buy, and you can really hear people complain about how this USB cable is just not long enough. Uh, and you're going to hear a lot of different perspectives on that. That's one thing. But being a reporter, having to it, it genuinely interact with people and hear their opinions in that, that is what this job allows for. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Any questions? <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you. All right, nerds. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm getting, I'm over it, but I'm, I'm getting over the vid. I'm not even going to say the whole thing. It's been uh, like a, a week and a half now since I've had it, and I still have this nastiness, this cough. <laughs> All right. So now is the time for the awesome Nerd Night Trivia, Nerd Trivia Halloween Edition where please behave like good little boys and girls and raise your hands if you know the answer. Don't shout it out. I'm not going to call on you. Um, and then my wonderful assistant will be going around and giving away prizes. This week or this month, our prizes are pretty stacked. Being Halloween, we've got some pretty cool stuff in there. Um, if, you get the prize, if you get the answer wrong, you'll get an airhead. All right. So, question number one. What was originally used as the first jack-o'-lanterns? Yes, turnips. Turnips. All right, you want to see what a turnip jack-o'-lantern looks like? That is freaking scary, okay? Um, I got this from the Smithsonian. And uh, originating in Ireland, people would hollow out turnips and place a lump of coal in it as a type of lantern to set at their door as a guide for poor Jack. Legend has it that Jack tricked the devil and wasn't allowed into heaven or hell, so he was cursed to wander the earth forever in the in-between. Spooky, right? All right, question number two. Which vintage horror movie got 10 Academy Award nominations? No. Yes. The Exorcist for Aaron over here. 1974. I mean, come on. That's, that's classic right there. Next question. What famous magician died on Halloween? Yes, ma'am. Harry Houdini. Good job. All right. So now we will go ahead and take a 10-minute break, uh, refill your drinks, grab some more food, and follow, like, review, share us on the Facebook, on the Instagram, and we will be right back. All right, we're back. Did everybody get a refill? Everybody's drinks are ready to go again? All right. Let's learn a little bit more this evening. And let's put our hands together and welcome Dr. April Lynch to the stage. And she's going to tell us about the price we pay. Thank you, Flip. We appreciate that. Can you guys hear me? Closer. OK. <laughs> Hi, I just wanted to point out also Dr. John Digert. Stand up! Dr. Digert is my part, business partner and fellow family physician at Pinnacle Advanced Primary Care. So we're super honored to be here. Thank you very much. So we are going to talk today about the price we pay in healthcare. And as many of you know, it's quite high. And Many people think, oh, well, healthcare system is broke. It needs to be fixed. Well, I'm here to tell you that it's not broke. It's actually been designed to make money off your illness. And as physicians, we, it just, 
it hurts, right? Because we took an oath to do no harm. But in fact, the cost of medical care is doing a lot of harm in our country. Wait a minute. Sorry, almost forgot that part. I bet you all thought you were going to get Dr. Lynch tonight, but I'm going to put my broom down because I'm going to have to manage this hat. Instead, you get me, Esmeralda, and I am the healthcare industrial complex. And I'm here to tell you all about what we do and what I am and what I represent. First of all, I am your local charge master of the hospital. So what the charge master does is set prices so high that when insurance companies come in, well, they set it high and then negotiate with the insurance companies for a discount. And for the same procedure, they'll negotiate a different discount in price with each insurance company until we have no idea what we're paying for the procedures. It's quite opaque and it works out brilliantly, brilliantly. So I am the charge master. I am your billing and coding goddess. And this is awesome because I've added layers and layers of administrative bloat so that doctors can get paid. And in fact, if you look here, let me see. This red line right here represents the growth of physicians in the healthcare industry since 1970. And this yellow mountain that you see, yeah, that's my administrative bloat. I make a ton of money off that, by the way. And the other thing I am is your middleman. So within healthcare, the business of healthcare has created layers and layers and layers of middlemen between the doctor and the patient. And I'm the one who benefits. I make a ton of money. So one of my prime middlemen is the pharmacy benefit manager. And for 266 million of you out there, you get your benefits from a pharmacy benefit manager. And this is often, this is coordinated through your employer who is paying. So it's kind of like being the charge master here. I am actually exempt from kickback laws from the 1980s. So for when it comes to drug pricing, I can set those prices too, as high as I want. And then I give these amazing discounts to the employers. So I might pay $5 for a drug, but I charge the employer $30 for it. <clears throat> oh, and oh, by the way, I'm in cahoots with the insurance companies, and so all the rebates that you think you're getting or your employer thinks he's getting, huh, most of them come back to me in my pockets. I am the healthcare industry lobbyist, and in 2021, I got almost $800 million on lobbying to Congress. <laughs> yep, I pocketed all that money too. And I'm the employer. I'm the employer of thousands of burnt out healthcare professionals out there, doctors and nurses. They are so burnt out. And they complain of this thing called moral injury. I don't know, something about how they find themselves forced in situations where they have to do things that they don't think is right for their patient, or they have to do it in a way that's not best for their patient because of the system that they work in. Well, anyway, for primary care doctors, I've burned out over 50% of them at this point. And another, and 30% are planning to leave the profession. Leave the profession in the next five years. What I'm doing is working. It's brilliant. The whole thing's gonna fall apart. And one of the ways I'm doing this to make life miserable for your healthcare providers is I force them to do all of these codes, like, oh, 
my lovelies, I have like over 70,000 of these things. And for them to get paid for every visit and interaction with you, they have to code every tiny little thing. It's very tedious, it's very difficult, and um, annoying. Anyway, that's an example of a few of them. But the pearl, the pearl of my administrative bloat are prior authorizations. <laughs> prior authorizations. I came up with this where the insurance companies, these administrative people have to, uh, oh, and doctors who don't actually work with patients anymore, have to decide if what you've decided your patient needs is actually what they really need. <laughs> yeah, it's super annoying. I thought it was just annoying and time consuming for doctors, but this survey done in 2021 actually showed that physicians say that over 90% of their patients, their care is delayed because of these prior authorizations. Yeah, and over, what is it, 82% actually choose to abandon treatment because of prior authorizations. But the best part, <laughs> harm, 34% of these doctors said the prior authorizations actually resulted in adverse events for their patients, caused harm. You know what that means for me? That means that they're going to come back in the healthcare system. They're going to need more stuff and I get to bill in for more stuff, and I get more money off of their illnesses. Oh, so back to the moral injury, yeah. Well, anyway, that's costing you a lot. I'm sorry, I have to take off my hat, but that's costing a billion dollars just for primary care physician turnover. If we were to look at the cost that, to the system for all of the um, burnout and physician turnover, it's more like $4.6 billion. That's a tremendous amount of money if you think about it, and I am loving it. So my biggest pride and joy though, let me just pause here for a minute, is that I get 20% of the gross domestic product that you all spend here in America. 20% comes to me. Yeah, forget Jeff, forget Elon. It's coming to me, baby. And individuals are spending nearly $12,000 a year on their health care. Next year, it's projected to be over $13,000 a year. So we spend, I don't know, three times more than other developed nations on our health care, but I know your health is worse. I know, because I see it. So, all that cost, that $4.2 trillion a year that I'm taking in, and oh, by the way, $1.5 trillion of it is waste. It's just waste. It's fraud. It's overutilization. It's price gouging. It's middlemen. It's all kinds of stuff. But anyway, we're billing you and ending up with medical debt. All of these people with medical debt. It's the leading cause of bankruptcy in America. And would you believe it? Uh, that 70% um, of people who have gone into bankruptcy because of medical debt, they were insured. They had health insurance. So yeah, brilliant functionally uninsured people. So now one in five Americans have been put to collections for medical debt. One in five. So uh, it's a big problem out there. Yeah, and one third of not-for-profit hospitals actually sue their patients to collect those debts. Not-for-profit hospitals. Yeah, are t <laughs> it's just so brilliant. I can't get over it. Anyway, so while these not-for-profit hospital CEOs are making millions of dollars, I don't think you can see those numbers, but look at this. Ascension, $59 million the CEO made. So while he was rolling in the bank, uh, they were sending out their credit collectors to people who work at Walmart and Lowe's and the grocery store. So yeah. I've stolen your American dream. That's
that's really what it comes down to, right? And if you look here, deductibles, family premiums, <laughs> they've gone up by a lot. Yeah, the average family now is spending $21,000 a year on their premiums and several thousand dollars more on their deductibles. And one in five families, at least, their premiums have gone up more than five times in inflation. So what I'm doing is working. And for all of you out there, here's for millennials specifically. Here's your future. Millennials, stand up. Are there any millennials out here? Stand up. And you, and you, and you. Yeah, that's right. Let's get some millennials back there. Woohoo! Here's your future. 50%. If my runaway train keeps going, over 50% of your lifetime earnings will be spent on me. <laughs> She's not coming back. I want to keep talking about how much money I'm making. And I want you millennials to know that you will be the first generation that's going to do worse than your parents because <gasps> not so fast. Captain America is here. Thank you very much. Now, I will acknowledge that it's possible that I've never seen anything with Captain America in it. So I don't know what enemies he fights or what he does. But we're going to continue. Are you running that? Okay. What do I think I can do? I've got the power. All right, listen, witch. I would like you to know that this runaway train of yours already has some emergency brakes, including the No Surprises Act, which means that patients are no longer able to be charged surprise bills for out-of-network expenses. That actually means something. Hospital price transparency, this was passed in 2020. Hospitals are now required to show what their 400 most common procedures and services are online, shoppable by the consumer. People who run the insurance companies have a fiduciary duty to do the best for their policyholders. And now, medical debt cannot be used against your credit score if it's under $500. It's amazing. Okay. This reminds me of the time that me and Sergeant Slaughter beat Cobra. Uh, using whatever weapons G.I. Joe uses to beat Cobra. Oh yes, here's another great feature, Turquoise Health. This is a website that provides the transparency that you as the healthcare consumers are looking for. You can shop for procedures and services on this website and there is transparent pricing that will pop up that you can choose from. It's amazing, when there's corruption in the system, all you have to do is shed a little sunlight on that and it's a great disinfectant. So let's look at a colonoscopy. We typed in colonoscopy and these are the prices here in your local area. This includes, so we got prices all the way from 1500 all the way to 3500 which one do you think you would choose? Which? Of course you would. This reminds me of the time when I took on Optimus Prime single-handedly. Moving on. We also have Cash for Care, a website where we can search for providers in your local area for chiropractic care, ins uh, insurance alternatives, therapy, counseling, physical therapy, occupational therapy, 
we have all of these and you can search for them and direct to the consumer pricing is all transparent that is how you beat the medical industrial complex you won't find your ways oh yes also one of the things that you need to do in order to win is to understand your enemy okay it reminds me of the time when me and the Ninja Turtles took on Krang and Shredder in the Technodrome in Dimension X. We had studied our enemy's tactics, and therefore we were able to beat them conclusively. These are the tools that you need. We have the price we pay by Marty McCary. We have Restoring the American Dream by Dave Chase, as well as the CEOs who restored the American Dream. And then Never Pay the First Bill by Marshall Allen, a fellow Coloradan who says that the key to healthcare reform is the business owner. And never forget that. The business owner has more power than the insurance companies, the middlemen, or anybody else. So business owners, small or large, could change the healthcare system for the entire country. And then you can be like me, Captain Planet, Captain America, Captain America. And, and solve all the problems. This is the solution. There have been school districts that have saved $12 million over three years. Their teachers thank them because their pay is higher, their benefits are better. There have been hotel systems. Uh, Rosen in Florida implemented this system, a self-funded business plan in conjunction with transparent pricing, and they have not only saved $150 million over the past decade, they have also improved their community. The high school students that graduate in this community have a 92% acceptance rate into college. This is the kind of impact that you can make when you improve the healthcare system, make it efficient, make it lean, make it what people actually need. You can change the entire system. So what are you going to say to that? Which? Oh yeah, as a matter of fact, here are a couple of your patients. I think they need you. Oh, thank you for Thank you for bringing me back. Oh, my goodness. So I just wanted to spend a moment talking about what we're doing here locally. So John and I opened Pinnacle Advanced Direct Primary Care last year. What? Thank you very much. <laughs> what direct primary care is is you pay a flat monthly rate. Um, and you get all you need primary care. So it's full scope, cradle to grave. Um, you can get 80 to 90% of your health care needs met through direct primary care. So that's what we are doing. Our membership model supports a strong doctor-patient relationship where we cut out the mountain of administrative BS that you see in many other places. And finally, here are several of our member benefits that we have. This is an example of pricing. So a family is $180 a month, and that's for uh, two kids or more. If you have seven kids, it's going to be $180 a month. And then, that, yep, that's it. Did you have any comments about what it is we're doing, John? No, I think I've already saved the system in addition to the world a few times. So at this time, I think we're taking questions, right? Yes, ma'am. That is an excellent question. So the question was, this is an employed individual who has benefits with her employer, who is not satisfied with the quality of care that she gets from these benefits that get subtracted from her paycheck every month. So the answer is, 
you need a really good HR person that recognizes that you need to switch to either a self-funded plan if you have 50 or more employees, or a look at other options. Look at alternative options like health shares with these two people with the inconspicuous hair in the back right here. They can help you with that. But there are, th there's an option for everybody. So if there's an employer with 50 or more, they are required to follow the statute set in the ACA from 2010. You have to provide a insurance plan that at least provides the minimum allowable coverage. And as part of those employers' fiduciary duties, it's because all of this healthcare dollars are taking out of your wage bucket, and it's harming you. And so. Yeah. Yeah, and it's sneaky. It's almost like a hidden cost. You're just like, well, you know, this is the paycheck that I get. But they're actually sapping that from you. And the money that you could be putting into a 401k or something, uh, you millennials, and there's a lot of millennials here, which is making me a little bit envious, I guess, would be the word. But you all are, go are, are paying for all of this right now. And you're going to continue to pay for it your entire life. And the way it's set up this is going to go completely defunct, the current system, within 15 years. So all these benefits that you're paying for other people for, you're not going to get any of them unless something changes. So you need to be proactive. You need to put pressure on your HR department to look into other options because there are many other great options out there. We'd be happy to talk to you about them. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. I do. Okay, so the question is about transparency in pricing. This is a hot topic right now. Colorado, actually, as a state, has been a superstar in, in this area, which we'll get to in a second. But in 2020, there were two, two acts that were passed in the fall. One of them was the No Surprises Act. The other one was the Hospital Transparency Act. Okay? Those mean that none of that is hidden anymore. So you all can actually be consumers and look for competition in the marketplace. This is what they've avoided for decades. There has never been a better time ever to strike when it comes to demanding better healthcare in this country and better healthcare benefits. That's a great question. So yeah, you, you are required to show what your 400 most common procedures and services are as a hospital. If you do not, you are fined it, it's not enough, but... Yeah. yeah, it's like several thousand dollars a day, but you saw my bloat. That's no big deal. Oh, if, over a course of a year, it might be a few hundred thousand dollars, and that's not a big deal. But the other thing that's happening here in Colorado is you're not allowed to send out debt collectors if you haven't posted your transparent prices because people are coming into your system not knowing what the bill's going to be, right? And that's your fault. That's exactly right. House Bill 22-1285 was passed. That means that in Colorado, unless they are compliant with the national legislation, uh, then they're not allowed to hire third-party uh, companies to do debt collection for your medical bills. So it's kind of a beautiful irony in, the, in that law. And then the other thing was Colorado passed, the Supreme Court ruled that an individual who had a procedure that was supposed to be $30,000, it wound up being $300,000. She contested it. Supreme Court decided in her favor because of the No Surprises Act, and that set precedent for the rest of the country. So it's actually making a difference. We just need all of you and everybody else to push the issue right now because there's never been a better time to strike than right now. Any other questions? Thank you. That's a great question. Thank you. All right. That was awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Now, it's that time again. Nerd Night Halloween Edition Trivia. So, again, please raise your hands like good little boys and girls. Don't call out the answer, and I will... Um, I will call on you, and uh, my assistant here will either give you a bag of awesomeness or an airhead. So, first question. 
Which iconic scary movie had Johnny Depp's film debut? Nope. Nope. They already said Edward Scissorhands. Yes. Nightmare on Elm Street. And uh, here we go. Here's a young Johnny Depp right there. Here's another young Johnny Depp right there. And uh, that was the actual murder scene. So, uh, yeah. All right. Question number two. What horror movie was the first American film ever to show a toilet on screen? Yes. Psycho. And uh, here's the toilet. <laughs> All right. This movie was based on Anne Rice's famous novel and had a stellar cast that included names like Brad Pitt, Antonio Banderas, and Tom Cruise. Yes. My favorite in the blue shirt, Interview with the Vampire. I am a super Anne Rice nerd. And uh, there are my two boys right there. All right. So that is the last of the Nerd Night trivia for the night. Follow, like, review, share us. During this next break, you'll have another 10 minutes or so to go ahead and grab a drink, get some more food, and we will see you back for Colorado Springs Fire Department and their Get Set Ready and Go. All right, nerds, it's time for our final presentation of the evening. Let's put our, uh, I guess, our thinking caps back on, our listening caps. We've had now too many drinks. <laughs> but now, let's put our hands together. Everybody pay attention. Over here. Let's put our hands together for Ashley and Sunny from the Colorado Springs Fire Department. And their presentation is ready, set, go. Thank you. Down, right? And project. I can project. Hi, my name is Ashley. I work at the Colorado Springs Fire Department. This is Sunny. She's my boss, so be nice to me. Please. Um, we work in the Community Education and Outreach Division, which means we get to go talk to everyone. We talk to kids. We talk to our older community. We talk to anyone. It's our job. It rocks. Uh, if any of you did not get a raffle ticket, will you raise your hand? You got one? Oh, oh, I like that. Okay. I also want to say that I'm sorry if you were expecting a firefighter. I'm not one. I'm not one. I'm a safety one, but they're a little bit cooler sometimes. Down. Down. There we go. Okay, so something we're really passionate about at the Colorado Springs Fire Department is the fact that we live in a pretty unique area. We have a high fire danger risk. Wildfires, structure fires, all that kind of stuff. So safety first, we wouldn't be the fire department without safety. I work for the fire marshal, his name is Brett Lacey, uh, and he'd be really mad at me if I didn't talk to you about this, but the exits, there's one there and one there in the event of an emergency. The bathrooms are behind you. Um, emergency lighting, I, there's an exit sign right there, exits lead to outside. Deal. All right, so our goal for tonight is to get ready, set, and prepared in the event of a wildfire. How many of you are actually from Colorado? Okay, see, so that's the whole reason we're talking about this. Because sometimes you come and you don't really understand the actual risks that we face. We want to empower you to be prepared. So we have some trivia because why wouldn't we? Um, what moments have the most, uh, months, excuse me, have the, the most significant wildfires occurred in Colorado? You have to be, be like my sixth graders and raise your hand. But what do you guys think? What do you think? June. Wrong. What do you think? Wrong. You can't answer. What do you think? December. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. December. Our biggest wildfires in history have happened in December. Do you guys remember the Marshall Fire happened last year? December, right? Yeah, the Bear Creek Fire, December. So we have a pretty 
unique fire risk in Colorado Springs depending upon where you live. We have those beautiful mountains over there, right? That poses a big fire risk. We have um, like Kansas to the east, right? That also poses a fire risk for us. They're high frequency, low impact events. So our structure fires, like our guys fighting this fire, I don't do that, they do that. We take pictures sometimes. They're fighting the fire. That's a high frequency event. We see structure fires a lot. They have a low impact because they only impact the family that is in the house. Our, our low frequency events, high impact, are gonna be those wildfires. The Waldo Canyon fire, the Black Forest fire, those impact our whole entire community. Our fire danger level is something that we like to explain to people because it's really different depending upon where you actually live. So who do you guys think determines when there's a red flag warning? He went to our presentation, so he doesn't get to answer. What do you think? Oh, National Weather Service. She answered too. The fire department doesn't predict a red flag warning. It's actually predicted by the National Weather Service. They, <laughs> they make sure that um, they kind of look at our fuels and everything that's going around the wind, the temperatures of the day, and they say, hey, there's a red flag warning. If you remember in April, we had a record high number of red flag warnings almost every single day, which is something that we haven't seen. We had one today too. Yeah, thank you for the reminder. That's good. Did you guys know that there's burn restrictions and burn bans in Colorado Springs? Okay, so this is really important. We ha I'm not gonna read all this to you, but we have all this on our website. Do y'all know that fireworks are illegal? Sparklers too? Don't use them, I don't wanna see them. The sixth graders always get mad at me when I tell them that, and I just tell them, no fireworks, deal. So we live in Colorado Springs. We talked about our west and we talked about our east and the different fire risks that they pose. But what do you guys think is the difference between the wooey and the pooey? The wildland urban interface and the prairie land urban interface. Anyone know? That's cheating, Michael. What do you think? That was pretty good. They're different landscapes. So the wildland urban interface is where our mountains meet our neighborhoods, our towns, our beautiful homes that we have over there. That's where we have our wildfires, our Waldo Canyon fires. It's scary over there. But we mitigate that area, make sure it's okay. But it's important to know if you live in the wildland urban interface. If you have no idea, that's okay. We have a website for that. We have a website for everything. Um, you can go to our website, type your address in, and it says, hey, you live in the wildland urban interface, and if your property is red, you're high risk. If you're yellow, you're lower, and then if you're green, you know, it goes on. If it says no parcel located, guess what? You're not in the wooey, but you still have a risk. The pooey, our Prairie Land Urban Interface, we love the word pooey because we're firefighters and we're 12. But um, the Prairie Land Urban Interface is going to be out east. It's going to be those Marshall fires that happen, those house-to-house -house fires when embers get introduced to other homes because they're built so incredibly close together. Those are our grass fires. Marshall fire, people say, oh, it was a wildfire. It wasn't. It was a grass fire. And it just continued to spread. So we talked about where you live and understanding how to learn if you live in the wooey or the pooey. What can you do outside your home to reduce your fire risk? We're getting ready for a wildfire. What can you do outside your home? A winner. Anyone else? The gutters. Clean your gutters. That's a big one. Okay, those are all really good. For real. We have some um, books that we use to give out to the community. They're Plan, Prepare, and Stay Aware books. We have a whole entire section on what you can do to prepare your home before the wildfire happens. Cleaning your gutters, cleaning your brush. There's a whole entire thing about that. What can you do inside your home to reduce your fire risk? That's good. Our structure fires, cleaning your dryer. 
Don't leave your, oh my gosh, that's a f my favorite one. Do you guys know that we're a city of bad cooks? That's like one of our number one causes of fires. Cooking, yes. Oh, that one too. Have you guys seen the TikTok challenges of the kids using aerosols to make blow torches? Yeah, that's a no-no. What did he say? Oh, electric, okay, that's another top cause. So our bad cooks and our people who think they're electricians, don't daisy chain things, plug things directly into the wall. That's big coming up with winter. Okay, now we're gonna get set for our wildfire. What is something you need to have as part of your emergency plan? An escape plan, oh my, I'm proud of this guy. Our youngest guy here, an escape plan, yes, yes. Fire extinguisher, that's a good one. First aid kit, perfect. Insurance, that's also a great one. Backup electricity. What else? Those are all really great. My escape plan, A plus for you. Always know two ways out of your home. That's what we always tell people. You need to have an emergency plan. Where are you gonna go? What are you gonna do? Who are you gonna call? We want you to have a plan for your people and your pets. What are you gonna do if your dog and your cat hate each other and you have to evacuate for a wildfire? Figure it out. They gotta deal with it. Duh. She, <laughs> yeah, you gotta figure it out. So these are our six P's, they're all in this book down here. It goes into detail, but our papers, important documents, birth certificates, any of that, if you have a box in your garage and you put all those important documents in there, make sure you keep track of it, take it with you when you need to go. Prescriptions, vitamins, eyeglasses. If you are evacuated for a wildfire and you get out and you are on insulin and you don't know how much you take, guess what? That's a struggle for us. Okay, because we're going to come, we're going to help you, we're going to ask, but you guys have to know that kind of stuff. We have these really neat little things called file of lifes. It's basically a mini medical record. You can actually put it on your refrigerator, and if there's a medical in your home and you are not conscious, our fire department's going to come, and the refrigerator's the first place they're going to check to see if you are taking any medications or what help you need. So we have some of those with us tonight if you need one. Pictures, irreplaceable items, hard drives rock or the cloud, right? But sometimes we can't rely on the cloud. Uh, personal computers, devices, our pictures are probably on there. Make sure those are safe. Plastic credit cards and cash. One of the pl busiest places during wildfire evacuations is the ATM. Everyone's freaking out, they gotta get cash, they gotta have all their stuff with them. That's big, have cash. How do you get notified of an emergency? This one's probably my favorite. Phone alerts. Oh, that's my winner. If you are not signed up for Everbridge, Peak Alerts is our notification system for El Paso County. Um, it's through an app called Everbridge. It's on your phone. But if you're not signed up, do it tonight because that is the only way you will get an alert if you need to evacuate. Everyone's always like, oh, well, the government tells me it's on my phone. It comes to my phone. Nope. You have to be signed up in order to get an alert. I put little things on all your tables. That'll help you get signed up for emergency alerts. So now we're gonna go. It's time, there's a wildfire rolling through. Let's go. Do you know what zone you live in? This is new, so bonus question if you know your zone. It's brand new, we just launched it. That's okay, I forgive you all. COS Ready is a new, um, launch that we had for notifications. That's kind of what's on your tables. We want you to sign up for alerts. We want you to go on the website and figure out what zone you're in. Our city's broken up into over 700, about seven, 600, 600, 700 zones. You all have a zone number. I think the fire department's 30, 24, something like that. Know your zone, because when you get alert, it's gonna say zone number 3,124 is evacuating. You gotta know that. This is how you sign up, it's really easy. COS ready. You go down, go to find your zone. We picked um, Cheyenne Mountain High School because that is in our WUI and that it has a very big fire risk down there. So if we type in the address to Cheyenne Mountain High School, we click on it, boom, there's our zone. 3037. If we need to 
to evacuate Shine Mountain High School, it's going to say zone 3037 is evacuated. The other cool thing about knowing your zone is it's going to tell you things like the weather. And eventually, it will be integrated with ways. So it will tell you which roads are closed, how to get out of your neighborhood. It's going to give you a map, basically, of step-by-step instructions on how to get out. Now, we want to tell you something. Did you guys know it's Fire Prevention Month? If you did it, boo, because it's my favorite month. All of October is Fire Prevention Month. The Colorado Springs Fire Department celebrates it. These are our wonderful trainees. They're about to be firefighters, so if you ever see them, just tell them good job because they're working hard. They go through a 20-week academy, and they get pushed to the limits. But it's Fire Prevention Month, and our theme this year is... It is coming out of there. Don't wait. Plan your escape. I want you to have an escape plan of your home. Do you guys remember when you were in elementary school and you had a fire drill? Okay, so our schools do fire drills every single month. Our kids are the best at having an escape plan. And we don't practice it anymore. So we tell people that you need to know two ways out of your home. Out, out of every home. single room in your home, sure you that's the best place to go. These are our Those guys. They're talking to us. It's Fire Prevention Month! The other thing about Fire Prevention Month is we're holding a contest because we like to be competitive. Chocolate up for fire safety. If you guys go out and you are bored and you want to draw a little picture for us of a fire safety message and you tag us in it, our chiefs, the big guys, they're going to vote on the best one and you're going to get a prize. And our stations, our fire stations, they're um, involved in it. And it's our way of telling people that it's Fire Prevention Month and smoke alarms and having an escape plan is so incredibly important to your family and you in, in the event of a fire. Yes, Sunny. I'd like to give prizes to anyone who signed up tonight to receive alerts. So if you did, raise your hand and we will come out and do it because we're watching people do it. So Look at that. That makes me so happy. Do you guys have any questions that we can answer about wildfire preparedness or about home escape plans, anything? We're good at that. I, I know. She's handing out pizza cutters. She's good. We, cut, we always come with goods. We have them everywhere. And if you guys want um, a plan, prepare, stay aware book on wildfires, kind of read up a little bit more. We have a ton with us, so you're more than welcome to take them. But if there are no questions, we appreciate your time, and we hope that you are prepared and a little bit more aware of what's going on in our city with our fire risk. Thank you so much, ladies, for coming out. I love the Colorado Springs Fire Department. Oh, one more thing. Okay, hold on. Okay, so you all got tickets. We like to raffle off go bags because we want to help you be empowered if a wildfire happens. Okay, our winning number, 547-4908. Boo. Okay. 905-4908. Yeah! Now you're going to be prepared. Thank you. Awesome. See, Flip and I are from Miami, so we're used to the hurricane business. When we came here, fire is a whole different story. It's kind of scary. So thank you for de-scarifying the fires and helping us get ready. All right. So now, basically, that's it for the night. Um, remember that our, oops, I got it wrong. I forgot to update this slide. It is the third Wednesday of November, darling, my wonderful Vanna White. That is Wednesday, November 16th. Wednesday, November 16th is the next Nerd Night right here at Kawadi, 6 p.m. Um, we'll have another three amazing speakers and cool trivia for all of you. And it'll also be our very last nerd night of the year. Yes, that is correct. We take off 
the uh, December, we don't like to compete with um, Christmas and holidays and all the parties that you guys are going to be having. So we'll be back after November's Nerd Night. We'll be back in January. So keep on the lookout. Facebook, Nerd Night COS. Instagram, Nerd Night COS. Please follow, like, review, share us. We are less than 100 likes away on Facebook from having 1,000 likes on Facebook. So come on, let's, let's get there. We can do it. I have faith in you nerds. Um, if you have any presenting ideas, again, either go to Flip or myself. You can um, email nerdnightcos at gmail.com or you can contact us on our socials. Both Flip and I do our own socials so that you're able to come uh, 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 direct message us and we will get back to you. Reminder, on Monday we have Memoirs, True Stories Unfiltered at Kinship Landing. It's going to be fire, so I, uh, that, that was scary, but I did it anyway. So make sure to come and hang out with us on Monday. And our very new event, Nerd Night Field Trips. Come hang out with us at the Western Museum of Mining and Industry, sponsored by Planet Duct and Mr. Brandon James Kirk. Um, we're going to nerd out there and um, have a good time. And that is the end. Thank you so much for coming, guys. Have a good one. Peace out. <laughs>